Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of the Cover Zero Podcast. It's Jordan today, your host. I am joined by Josiah. I am joined by Corday. Corday, I'll start with you, bro. How you doing on this lovely Tuesday? Hey, man, I'm doing amazing, man. I just uh, got back from our uh, probably possibly recording a special this past sap this past Sunday, and Hell family yeah. came out. I headlined my a local comedy club out here. Yeah, big ups on that, man. Glad, glad to see what you're doing. Uh, and as as we've talked about many times on this show and off air as well. One time it's gonna it's gonna lead you out here to my neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest, and I'll have to catch one of those. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact too. When you get down into Southern Cal, I think we already kind of talked about it. You've probably been down here before, but not that not recent, right? Yeah. Has it been recent since you've been down here? Last time it was like April. In April, okay. Yeah. I want to catch one for sure. So Jay, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, a couple more weeks left to football. You know, how can you not be excited? It's that time of year. It's like I'm getting like back to school stuff for the kids. Mm-hmm. At like August 20 this, August 20 that. You know, you're starting to get somewhat cooler nights up here in northern Oregon and Portland area. So most definitely know that we are most definitely super close to the NFL season starting because we only really have two more divisions to go until yep. we are previewing week one. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Can't wait. Can't absolutely wait. And today we are going to kick this off with the AFC East. And as you guys know, listening, we go from the team that finished in last place in 2021, leading it all the way up to the team that finished in first, according to the division. And that's going to start us nowhere else other than the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> the team in 2021 that went 4-13 and 13, missed the playoffs for the 11th straight season. Been very bad over there. It was Robert Sala's first year as a head coach with his regime coming over there. They had one All-Pro last season. Nobody else in the Pro Bowl. Their Pro Bowl, or their All-Pro, excuse me, was Braxton Berrios as a kick returner. Mm-hmm. Other than that, Robert Sala and his staff running it back with pretty much the same guys. Zach Wilson in his second year is going to be looked to make a big jump. And I'm going to start with you, Corday. As you look at this Robert Sala staff, Mike LaFleur's with him. Is there, What was your takeaway, I guess, on their first season together? trying to turn things around over there in New York. You know, he tried to do his best. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, rookie rookie quarterback. Uh, you just saw, like, the lack of talent at certain positions. Like, even though they at- addressed it some areas and some players, like, stood out, uh, uh, D-tackles were solid. But you, you really saw, like, like, a lack of corners. And it was like, okay, Thaler really needs, especially the uh, uh, Carl Lawson going down in training camp. I heard he was a beast towards Achilles you saw like the lack of pass rush and so it was a young team trying to come into its own but just don't have the talent there to really compete uh so yeah that's really what I saw a few standouts Michael Michael Carter uh the running back they got in, like the fourth round uh the lineman they took in the, uh, the first round I forget his name but uh um from USC but he was he was solid and yeah it's just they just continue to build up this team because it's really like a real re, a rebuilding process that they have to do and changing the scheme from a 3-4 to a 4-3. It's, uh, Osala got his work cut out for him, and uh, it's none, nowhere but up from here. Yeah, most definitely. Josiah, this I'll swing to you. If there's anything that you'd like to touch on Sala's first year in the staff, be my guest, go right ahead. But more so, unless you don't have anything on that one. In terms of who they have lost, who they have gained, what they acquired, 
really do you th- what do you see this team going do you think they made upgrades in the personnel department from last season to this year I definitely think they made upgrades you know uh be- but before I get into that I want to agree with Corday for sure you know everything you you mentioned on that lad that last year they had it was just hard for for Robert Sala and, and, and Zach Wilson you know a rookie head coach coming in a rookie you know obviously QB and, you know, that that just was a lot to take in. And then they was trying to build the old line. They was trying to get things to go together in one year. And, you know, when you're when you're rebuilding a franchise, you guys know it, it takes, you know, Rome wasn't built in a year. You know, it takes time to really build something. And, you know, so it's now they're getting things going in that right direction. So to answer your question, Jordan, yeah, I do think they've done some good things. I don't think it's enough, you know, unfortunately, because, you know, you got to look at the other teams. Obviously, you know, every, every offseason, every team is trying to get better. And, you know, every team is either adding, whether it's the staff, whether it's players, you know, whatever it is. And this team here, when you look at who they added in the offseason, we could start with the, the free agency ads. They got Dwayne Brown, who I think, you know, he's solid. He's a solid, you know, left tackle. Shit, I wish we had him in as Vegas as one of our tackles. Yeah, it would be great to have him for sure. You know, I, I just feel like it. what really sucks is that, <clears throat> I guess, losing Makai Becton, yeah. and I didn't get into that, but losing him, I, I just think that's that's a huge loss. So yeah. you lose him, you get Dwayne Brown, that's a solid pickup. You know, Lincoln Tom, Tomlinson, I like that pickup big time. That's a really, mm-hmm. good, really good pickup for, for uh, right guard for them. You know, that would help them be able to run the ball a little bit better, like you were mentioning, Corday. You know, and then a couple other. Then they added Kawan Alexander, who at one point looked. I mean, he was. I mean, he was one of the best linebackers at one point. You know, but injuries really taking a toll on him. You know, but they've added some good players in free agency. Then you look at the draft, and I think that's where it really stands out for them. You know, they got the corner that I really liked a lot was my number one corner in Sauce Gardner. You know, that should help. You know, that that secondary. A little bit, a little bit more. Obviously, they lost. You know, you, you see, they lost their safety, Marcus May, who's a solid safety back there for for a few years. And they are they and now they added Sauce Gardner. You know, so I mean, he's gonna have to. And corners, you know, normally corners don't really they don't really make a name for themselves their first year. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's good that he's gonna have to really. And as much as I like him, I don't know if he's. You know, I don't know if he's gonna be a top. You know, I don't think he's gonna be a top. Yeah, they gonna test him. And, He's going to be tested for sure. He's definitely going to be tested. So, you know, and coming in with that name, I think it was one of the players, you know, with uh, on New York that was mentioned. Carl Lawson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl, yeah, talking about his name. Like, bro, you got to earn that name. Like, in college, you had it. That's cool. Exactly. But, you know, now yeah. we in the NFL, and you were, the, you were number one. You was our number one overall pick or number one pick for us. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely got to show out, you know. And then, obviously, Garrett Wilson. You know, that was – I think we both had him number one uh, as far as wide receivers. Right, Jordan? Yes. Yep, he was my number one. And, you know, that that was a really good pickup. I heard he's doing pretty good in camp. He's struggled with some drops, but, you know, he's a rookie. He'll be all right. You know, we've seen how we, – we've seen different rookies come in into camp and, you know, they'll have some drops here and there. It's nothing Remember when they were saying that about Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. You know, they were talking about him, you know, and look how that turned out. You know? Dominated the, the league as a rook. Right, and got all the way to the Super Bowl with his team. So, yeah. he was a big part of it. So, yeah, I wouldn't sweat it if I'm a Jet fan. You know, Garrett Wilson, I think he's going to be pretty pretty good for that team. 
you know, and then they added Jermaine Johnson, who I wasn't really high on, but I, I heard he's also showing flashes in, uh, in in training camp as well. So the players seem to really respect him, the veteran players. So yeah, I mean, they've added a lot of good young pieces. They have a good a, a good a lot of pieces over the last two three years that they drafted and through free agency that I like. It's just my thing is, are they ready to really make that big step here and now? And that that's what I question. And then when I look at their schedule. They start off at Baltimore. Oh, and another thing, too, we got to look at, you know, Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he looks like he's going to be missing, I think they said, four to six weeks. So, you know, he might not even be available week one. It's already uncertain. So, I mean, he has success. Yeah, I think I think he's uh, – I think Flacco's already listed as the starter for week one. Yeah, see? I believe, I believe so. Even the New York Post got Zach Wilson as the favorite to throw the most picks in 2022. <laughs> see, that that's the thing right there, man. You just don't know. I, I like Zach Wilson a lot coming out, but that could happen. He could throw he could throw a lot of picks because you still don't know what you really got with him yet. You know, it was his rookie year, so now he's coming into this season. You know, they improved the O-line a little bit. They got they lost some players. They tried to improve the O-line. They, got, they added better weapons. But we don't know how good he is as a QB yet. And we're still not going to know until week, whatever it is, three, four, five. So I think that's really going to hurt this team. So you look at the schedule, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, you know, even Miami. That's It's going to be a rough stretch for them, man. So unfortunately for these Jet fans, dog, I, I got the same schedule they had. I mean, the same record that they had last year. I only got them with four wins, man. They might get, They might get five. You know, ceiling would be six. I just don't. You know, <clears throat> it's just it's they're they're dealing with their injuries. They're dealing with injuries right now. You don't know what what's gonna happen with Zach. I don't trust Joe Flacco. You know all that. You know, I put it this way: Well, Baker's playing his 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 former team in Week One, right? I got my money on Baker beating Cleveland. Then I do Joe Flacco beating Baltimore. So all that, you know, the the whole thing about QBs and going against their former teams and stuff like that. That don't always work. I think it will work for Baker. But Joe, I just – I come on, man. I mean, Joe Flacco. Yeah, so anyway, I, I don't really see – I don't really see this team really doing too much. I got them with, uh, with four wins. Four wins, just one and a half shy of their five and a half win total over under for the season in 2022. Corday, uh, so then go to you next. Did they lose anybody throughout the free agency period that they didn't acquire either through the draft or through free agency in terms of additions? And how will that contribute to their success in 2022? Um, no, I don't. I don't think they really lost anybody that was really of like huge impact because they had a ton of injuries and wasn't like uh, uh, the the safety of Josiah mentioned he tore his Achilles and he and he went to um Marcus May. Mm-hmm. Marcus May. He and then he went to uh the Saints. So he tore his Achilles midway through the year. So he wasn't he couldn't make that much of a contribution. And they signed Jordan Whitehead. Well, I felt like it was a great addition. Love uh, that signing. Yeah, and brought in t- uh, tight end T.J. Usama from uh the Bills. I mean not the Bills from uh, the Bengals. And then Lake Lake and Thomas. I really like that pick because uh. He was playing left guard in San Francisco, knows the system there with the Jets because it's the same that they run in San Francisco. So he's going to come in and immediately help uh, help that offense, especially in the running game and what they want to do in the zone blocking scheme. I just think the the injury to Zach Wilson and Makai Becton in preseason is just, it's just a setback 
for the team immediately because they I feel like they really had a good draft with the uh, three first round picks, the Sau- uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, the best receiver uh, in the draft. That I think we all felt like and Jermaine Johnson uh, falling all the way to the late twenties when they trained up to get him. I felt even even Brees Hall. Uh, the the running back they took in the running second back. round to the yeah. pair with uh Michael Carter Jr. I felt like oh, okay this is this is really coming into form and this is really be, uh getting nice you know and then the, those two setbacks uh, depending on Makai back then and I I heard uh, that there was some kind of um like beef I don't know with the organization Makai back because he was seen as a bust because he was hurt all of last year and he's out for this year as well before the season even starts so. Yeah, O line I heard like might have been kind of a question mark at tackle, but then they immediately signed Dwayne Brown and uh shift the the, the guy who's supposed to play left tackle uh over to right tackle and Dwayne Brown's gonna play left tackle. So I feel like he still has enough. He's not he's probably not the same pro bowl caliber he was a few years ago, but he's definitely a solid pickup right now. And it's just I don't believe in Joe Flacco at all at this point. <laughs> so I feel starting the season off with him. Definitely isn't a good a good look. Josiah had him at four wins. I want to say maybe they can get to five or six. I'm, I'm gonna give them five. I'm gonna give them five wins. I felt like the additions they made in the draft will definitely help them. But the start, the setback starting off is yeah. However, those guys rebound from injuries is is going to be big. And with Zach Wilson, really, the thing that's that I think is important is in terms of how New York is approaching this injuries. They're not rushing to start him back. Because while they did make some upgrades, while you do want to see some improvement in them, get the traction rolling in terms of improving the squad, this is the long game for them. They're not going to win the Super Bowl right now. They have laid the foundation to be able to start the turnaround and the rebuild. And this is the same knee that Zach Wilson injured last year with a sprained PCL. Because a lot of people forget, because, I mean, they're the Jets, but they Zach Wilson missed four games last season. Joe Flacco came in and played, and I want to say with one of those games, he actually won. Mike White, for sure, beat the Bengals somehow in one game. I and, remember that game. I think everybody yeah. remember that one. I remember, I remember one Joe Flacco win in particular because it was the game where Elijah Moore looked like the prospect that you and I, Jay, thought yeah. he was going yeah. to look like. He had nine grabs for like 150. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, you just had a quarterback that was – playing ball the, like an experienced quarterback hitting a receiver that was routinely getting open and that's a lot of what we had saw from Elijah Moore last year mm-hmm. throughout the majority I would say the majority of his snaps Zach Wilson had a really weird breakdown of playing last year and like if you look at just a couple of metrics that really represent what the film showed it was that this guy was one of the lower average depth of targets in terms of air yards on his pass attempts but his average time to throw was one of the longest, and he didn't really run a lot. All three of those things just point to simply a quarterback not playing in the structure of the offense, not seeing things. But then at the same time, to, to his defense, there wasn't always protection there for him. There wasn't maybe necessarily a receiver breaking open where he would have anticipated it to or where it would have been beneficial to the offense. So. They do have to make strides on both sides of the ball, and I think they did in terms of that offensive line this year. You guys both mentioned Lincoln Tomlinson played 100% of the snaps for the Niners last season. Very familiar with the scheme. He's going to step right in and fit in really nicely. And then just on defense, 
like we mentioned also, bringing in Jordan Whitehead, Solomon Thomas, Quan Alexander, drafting Ahmad Garner and Jermaine Johnson, valuable positions that they went and added some some beef to. Quan Alexander, I think when he was, you mentioned it, Jay, he was once a very, very productive linebacker. Mm-hmm. And as of late, he's just kind of slid off. I thought in that New Orleans defense, he... He would come come back to his form. He Right, but like he... I thought he played pretty solid for the role that they asked him to do last year. I just don't think because of what's around him that we're going to see that same type of production, even what we saw last year. He's mostly just a name kind of like what CJ Mosley is Mm -hmm. in this defense as well. Mm -hmm. So there's some holes there. I do like the secondary upgrades that have happened because last season they were bad back there. They, they were the third worst in complete completion rate allowed in 2021 second worst in the entire league in big plays allowed through the air 73 plays through the air that gained 20 or more yards second worst in the entire league but with adding a Ma Gardner you're going to be able to use a Marcus Joyner in more of a regular role because they had Marcus May primarily playing that free safety position for them last year for most of it they were also using um who's that backup safety that they drafted in 2022 out of Cal he was the one that Ashton subbed Davis. in. Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis, right, exactly. Yeah, he was the one subbing in there now, and I think they're going to look to use LaMarcus Joyner in that role and just to see if he's got anything left. And if not, Davis can maybe plug in a little bit here or there. Then also the pass rush up, upgrades with Carl Lawson back. You had Johnson on the other side. You got Jonathan Franklin Myers. You got Vinnie Curry. You got Sheldon Rankins. I think what's working in the favor of Jermaine Johnson this year is that when he was at Florida State, of his pass rush reps, just pass rush reps alone, right? They came from a wide nine alignment. And Niner fans, if you watch Nick Bosa on on know it passing type of situations, you see him in those alignments. You're going to see Jermaine Johnson doing the same thing. So that's really just a seamless transition for him as he starts to adjust to the NFL. And then playmaker upgrades in the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned C.J. Uzama Corday. You also mentioned Brees Hall. And, Jay, you brought up Garrett Wilson. You dropped that on an offense that already had – that already had uh, – who was it? That already had <clears throat> Denzel Mims, who I'm not going to give up hope on. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> you already got Denzel Mims. You already got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, as I said. So it's – I just – I'm excited to see, but – I don't know how much we can really expect from Zach Wilson because last year did not look great. I thought as a prospect, he looked very solid. I, he was, we both liked him, Jay. Mm-hmm. I know that. I remember mm-hmm. when we were going through our prospect show. I want to say he was like, what, our number two quarterback? Two. Number three? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, a lot there, but he's got a lot of ways to, he's got a lot of ground to cover before I think he reaches that potential that we all saw when he was at BYU. Over yeah. under at five and a half. Give me, give me five. I think they I think they get five wins. Okay. I'll go ahead and say five just for maybe, you know, there's enough improvement on the defense. There's enough improvement to maybe bolster them to that and but still short of what their expectation is for 2022. That moves us on now to the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins in 2021 went nine and eight. And as we all remember, we talked about it a lot on this show last season. They started one and seven won their next seven. They became the first team to lose seven straight and then win seven straight in the NFL. NFL history, as a matter of fact. They had one pro bowler and no all pros on that roster. Can any of you name that pro bowler by chance? I can't actually. 
Xavier Howard. I know you guys know the name, but yes, you're right, Corday. Xavier <laughs> Howard. Offense was RPO City basically last year at a certain point, and it just it did not. It was not very sustainable. There was a lot of things on Twitter talking about how Tua was the best RPO quarterback that we ever saw, but I don't really know what type of <laughs> what what that means. Even if you want to champion someone that you know. Uh, I'll swing this one to you, Corday, in particular. In 2022, with this staff, Mike McDaniel coming in, the other pieces that they have added, do you think that they've done enough on the sideline from a coaching standpoint to get the most out of Tua in 2022? I think, I think absolutely. Uh, bringing in Mike McDaniel, you giving him a running game, that was something that has seriously been lacking in Miami these last few years. I remember just looking at their – depth chart. I remember I think they had Matt uh they had Brita from San Francisco last year or something like that or the year before. And no one really they had no real go to running back. Uh I was I just kept looking up Jeff. I'm like, who who is their running back? I think it was like a guy named Miles Mod Gaskin. or something like that. Yeah, Miles Gaskin yeah. and like uh Muhammad or Savin, something like that. Savin uh Ak- Ahmed. Ahmed, yeah. Ahmed. I was like None of these dudes scream or approach any type of fear in uh, opposing defense's eyes. Like, it, it really was. It seemed like Flores did incredible wonders on the offensive side. but I mean, on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, uh, really lacked a lot. Uh, uh, Jalen Waddle, uh, amazing. I think he had like 117 receptions as a rookie, which is just ridiculous. But like a lot of bubble screens, a lot of get it out your hands quick and things like that. But. Uh, they addressed the O-line, too, and they're uh, upgraded and got a bunch of running backs. Edmonds from Arizona. They got Raheem Mosert. If he can stay healthy, he'll be he'll be a great addition to this running game. Yeah, uh, that's a big uh, addition right yeah. there. So I'm just like, okay, they finally got guys and people who you actually can depend on. Like, Edmonds is kind of a smaller back, but I still feel like he'll, he'll be utilized a lot better in uh, Miami under McDaniels instead of uh, under Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff would didn't use a running game as much as he should have at times, but I feel like this will definitely help him. And they addressed the offensive line as well. Uh, Teron Armstead is a huge, huge pickup. They had, they've been screaming and needing a left tackle since they traded um, they traded away uh, the big fella, which they got all these first round picks from. First, first, was oh, Larry first two first and a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Larry Tunzel was a two first and a second, something like that. Just, 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 just robbed the Houston Texans mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> but yeah. And then created a terrible offensive line situation. But yeah. Oh, and then uh, especially the additions of Tyreek Hill as well. So gotta address that as well. This this coaching staff is definitely trying to help uh Tua reach his fullest potential with a bunch of weapons around him. Uh having a, a solid O line now and running backs. It's like, okay, this is this is the time for you to either Show us, show us what you can do, or we both be drafting another quarterback next. For sure. Josiah, the question I would have to you, at least in regards to uh, this, I guess, is kind of kind of mirrors uh, last year. Two is the RPO City. There's kind of two schools of thought behind it. One is that they did it to protect the O-line's ability to block and take advantage of his ability to make reads. The other school of thought is that they did this because Tua himself is very, 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 very limited, and he can't really play out of anything else in an NFL scheme. Where do you fall on those two buckets in terms of the assessment of two in 2021? That's a great question. 
<laughs> that's that's a great question, man. I needed to do. It. It's been a while since I've been on the show. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, I, you, a little bit of both, man. A little bit of both because you got to think. I don't think I, I don't think they've really seen enough to know exact what exactly he could really do, you know, and and what he's been able to do so far has been kind of limited. I mean, he's not really a deep passer. He's not somebody that's going to get rid of the ball real quickly. You know, it, and it seems like he needs weapons that can really kind of, you know, like what, like I mean, like the Jay, the Jalen Waddle that that was a great pickup. You know, I mean, and, and then you look at the Tyreek Hill who they just added. He needs weapons that are really more on the superstar level than just your average, you know, your average wide receivers. At least that's what it that's what it seemed like so far because I haven't seen anything that he hasn't really stood out. You know, as far as him being. I, that QB that could really pass the ball in that in, in that way. So the help for sure, uh, because of they haven't. I don't think they really seen enough. And then just in general, right? I mean, you want to really you want to help your QB out the best way possible. I mean, regardless of who your QB is, you want to make sure you got the best. If you could really, if any you know owner or GM could really give their QB every weapon possible, all the you know the the best blocking you know, offensive linemen and all that, they would do it. You know what I mean? But there's some where, you know, you can get by and say, hey, you know, let me go ahead and add this this corner on the defensive side. Or let me go ahead and add, you know, a, a, a linebacker. Or let me go add, you know, something else, invest in something else. Tua does need that help so far because I don't think they know exactly what they got. Uh, mm-hmm. But to say maybe, you know, uh, he'll never get there. Man, I'm not saying that's what you said, but just, you know, right. you know on the strength of just, you know, is that what it is? I don't know yet. I we don't. I think Tua still has. I mean, it's a big question mark. You know, we're trying to see. And then as far as the the blocking form, because they didn't have it. That that I is that was your, that was one of the questions, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like hard. yeah, it's like you know, oh, they had to run RPOs because that's like you know, quick get it out your hands type of thing. Because right, right. To be real, that offensive line was the, it was bad. It was the worst you know, in the league, as far tried, as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's it, it was. It was one of the worst ones. But they tried to really fix it. I mean, I know over the years, and only why I know that is because I've been really following this team. Shout out Chris Ransom and and Draft Utopia. You know, because we, you know, we get to pick different teams and draft form, and then we get to see exactly, you know, what the team did and whatnot. So I've been following this team pretty close. I know there's different players they've been trying to add. And trying to get better on that old line, it just didn't work out. You know, it just didn't. It, whatever, it just they, they they weren't the right players, or those players turned out not to be that good. You know, so they have attempted it, they have tried, but you're right, it just hasn't it hasn't really worked out. So you're right, the old line for sure, but that goes for any QB. You just you know, especially a rookie, especially somebody that doesn't get rid of the ball quickly, because he he has to work on that release. I don't think he has a good release either. No, you know, so. Like I said again, uh, well, I said this, you know, a little earlier uh, before the show as far as his confidence. You know, I, I that could be one of the reasons he's just not really too confident. Maybe that's why he's holding on the ball a little bit too long, you know. So I, I think it's a mixture of both. That yeah. Question, and that was a great question. I think it's just a mixture of both. I think he does need the weapons because they don't know what they got. But they need to put the old line. You have to – they have to run certain plays – because the O-line was not – it wasn't up to par at all. It was one of the worst. That is for sure. But I do think they want to add the most they can for him because – especially if the owner's all for him. The owner's all for him, and, and this is who they wanted to draft. And if that is all, you know, true and what it is, then, you know, you want to make sure you add everything you can so he can be successful. 
Yeah. And then they add, you got to look at it this way, they add Mike, you know, McDaniels, somebody who's been a, really a mastermind with the run game lately. You know, he's came a lot a lot with those run schemes over there. A lot of people think Kyle Shanahan was the one. He caught the place for sure. But as far as the run game coordinator, that was Mike McDaniels. So now you add Tyreek Hill over here, somebody that can, you know, he did a lot of those type of, you know, he, he can do the same thing as Debo. I, he's just not as big. He's not as strong. But he can do – those same type of plays, and he's a better wide receiver than Debo. So you add that, you know, and then you add that type of coach, and you still got Jalen Waddle over there. You add a better left tackle, you know, who Corday mentioned, Taron Armstead, you know. So I, I just think you add better play. You add another really good blocker in our guy, Jordan, Alec Ingold, you mm-hmm. know, underrated, you know, fullback in the league who can block very, very well, and he can catch. You know? gonna be, that's exactly, man. That's going to be his mini use check. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, uh, they had their own, you know, great fullback over there, you know, when he was there in, in San Francisco. So they've added some really, really good pieces. And then one piece you really brought up, uh, Corday, was Raheem Mostert. I, I think that's a that's a really, really good pickup, you know, yeah, and then Brees uh, Hall. So, yeah, they've added a lot of pieces. I mean, it's, it really just comes down to if, if Tua is the guy. And I think for us still questioning that after they and add they made the O line. O line is better and added more pieces, then added, you know, uh more of an offensive minded coach. I'm not gonna say he's better than Brian Flores. That that's I think anybody that says that is crazy because what Brian was able to do, we we're fans of Brian Flores on this show. We've spoke highly of him throughout the couple of years. And obviously we are already, you know, already mentioned that what happened to him definitely was was, was definitely wasn't fair and was, you know, on some, you know on some other shit. So mm-hmm. as far as the guy that they hired offensive minded wise, I think that's pretty good for, for somebody like Tua. So Tua got everything, but we're still questioning it. So I yeah. think it leads more so more so to Tua not maybe not being that guy right now. You know? So yeah, that that's my long winded answer. <laughs> yeah, no, just that you, you covered it. I, I won the the line you, you said it a couple times. And I agree with it a billion and a half percent, bro. They don't know what they have in him right now. Right, and it's right. and I think that stems to 2021 being a year where you can see the inefficiencies into his game. Right. But it's not enough yet to where you can you can put a stamp on it and maybe some ink, but you can't etch that in concrete yet because with what that offensive line was what he was working with as an offensive line and what they were working with over there. In Miami, from a playmaker standpoint, you basically had Devontae Parker, who's a 50-50 receiver down downfield. Right. But when you don't have an offensive line that allows you to continually get downfield regularly, you don't really get to unlock him and utilize him to his full potential. Mike Gesicki is is a solid tight end, top 10-ish tight end in the NFL. And then you just basically Jalen Waddle on pop passes here or there. Miles Gaskin, who's not going to be a bell cow back for really any other team in the league, especially one that has an offensive line like they did in 2021. Yeah. So really, and we even talked about it in the in the preseason preview, Jay. They had they went into this last season with two offensive coordinators. Yeah. Like that type of that type of non continuity isn't something that you need for a young quarterback that has areas of his game that really need to be sharpened and refined. And so, I, yeah, I think 100% you're right with that. Corday, I'll swing it to you uh, to close out the Dolphins as we get into their win total 2022 expectations. Where are you at on them? They're over and under going into this season is eight and a half. 
Do they clear it? What's their number? Why? How do they get? Uh, I mean, if well, they finished nine and eight last year. You said over and under what again? Eight and a half wins this year. Eight, eight and a half wins. Uh I might I might have them at nine. I might have them at nine, but still like you might. <laughs> you, you might have them at nine? Because it's 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 like the additions, but I still don't believe in like so it's like basically finishing five hundred. Or this is almost five hundred because you can't finish five hundred no more because of the seventeen game season. Um, I got them at nine wins, just to repeat the same record. I don't know if they're gonna go one in seven and then win seven straight games after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that I don't see that happening. That's just yeah. crazy stuff. I know this defense is uh ridiculous, and they still have the same defensive coordinator that they did from last year, even though Brian Flores isn't calling the calls, calling the plays. But I feel like that oh, was yeah, Josh Boyer. Yeah, that'll definitely help with the continuity of this team, especially on defense. Uh, Jalen Phillips takes another step. Uh, the safety that they have uh, takes another oh. step. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jalen Phillips and Javon Holland. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, so we got to look at that. So it's gonna be a very uh, this this defense is very solid, very solid, very good. Um, and now the offense is probably going to be able to upgrade and actually have a running game. So I feel like they can repeat, but it's all comes down to Tua and. I don't know, man. I, I don't believe he's the guy. So I think they'll just probably repeat nine and eight. <laughs> Not the same exact record. Does do we get more clarity on the player that he is? Do we kind of sit here at the same assumption of him? Or does does he ascend or do you just kind of think he's you are you solidified on him, I guess? That's no, I'm not solidified on him, but I think the running game definitely is more of a, a benefactor and a factor in this offense. So I think that's what they might um, factor in and might hold on to. And then addition of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, the play design, but I feel still feel like the quarterback will be what holds them back of this overall team. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's Jay, uh, eight and a half mm-hmm. is the is over under. We, we are basically like agree a hundred percent on the assumption of Tua. Where are you at on there? How they finish the season out? I'm going back and forth, man. I started off with seven. Actually, let me tell you, I actually started off with six. Ooh. Then I started off. Then, then before the show, I'm thinking, okay, seven, seven. Because I had to look over this. I'm looking over the schedule. And just, you know, really just talking about them and everything. Because I really want them to do well, man. Like I yeah. said, kind of following this team for a little minute now. You know, um, having to drive for them for my boy. Uh, Chris Ransom's thing in Draft Utopia, his website. The the like the big uh, thirty two people mock draft. Yeah, the big yeah. mock draft. That's and I had cool. him. Yeah, and and that team is what was given to me. You know, over the over the last it seemed like three three years. It seemed like I've had this team for a minute, so I seem to know a lot about them. But yeah, I, I would like to see him do well, and I really like Mike McDaniel. So I'm gonna say, man, that's such a nine wins though. I I don't see nine. I don't. Man, see, I don't see yeah. nine. Right after I said I nine, saying, I was like, I was thinking maybe seven. <laughs> so <I agree laughs> That's what that. I'm saying. It really <laughs> comes down to two. I know nobody wants to really hear that. I'm gonna say, yeah. just give me. Uh, I'm gonna stick with seven, man. Just give me seven. I think if Tua really, and this is at this is with Tua, Tua being average. If Tua plays better than than you know than I think, oh, we're we're looking at nine or ten. 
right? That's my thing. I think if they get nine or ten, that means that means Tua played really well. He played really well, and everything really started to click. Because I think the running game, like Cordain brought up a couple times, is gonna really. It's it's. I think the running game is gonna be really good. I the only I, I do like I said. I think I said maybe maybe before the show. The only thing I really question really with Mike McDaniel's is like I said, if, if he's ready, he hasn't really called plays like that. So I I mean, being a run game coordinator and all of that, and being mm-hmm. under somebody a great a great coordinator and head coach, that's that's great and all. But now you're in a position to do it. So I don't I don't know if you know if if you know clutch situations and whatnot if he's gonna know you know if if he's gonna call the best play I you know I don't really know yeah that in game right. adaptability yeah you're right so I I mean it's hard for me to and then he's again he's a rookie and then you look at the offensive coordinator Frank I think it's Frank Smith he's I mean he doesn't have a whole bunch of experience with really calling plays I'm expecting Mike McDaniel I'm not sure if he's the one calling plays I'm expecting him to call the plays. But if it's not him, Frank Smith, that was a tight ends coach for our team, Jordan, and mm-hmm. he's been a tight ends coach for a little minute now, he don't – I mean, I think he's had one year of experience back in college at a Division One school. So I, I mean, it's just not too much real experience with that, but because they have a lot of talent and because we like what that Niners run game been able to do and because he was behind it, Mike McDaniels, that is, we're having a lot of hope in it. Yeah. Keep me at seven, man. I'm, I'm going to stay at seven for this one right here, for this team. Staying at seven. This there's one other there's a couple other areas in the coaching staff. You guys have mentioned a few of the other guys. There's Daryl Bevel comes in as the quarterback coach. I think someone right. like look, we've talked about him as an offensive coordinator and how yeah. he has his inefficiencies there. Right, right. Definitely. But I do think Daryl Bevel is a is a as a quarterback coach for someone like Tua, I think this is a good get. I think that's a good get to be able to help Mike McDaniel to be able to architect all the plays. Frank Smith to be able to help out as an offensive coordinator. Daryl Bevel to be able to like hone in a risk-averse quarterback such as Tua and maybe get a little bit more out of him incrementally is something that Daryl Bevel can do. When he doesn't got to call plays, when he don't got to coach a team, he's done both. It hasn't looked good. If he just got to work with a quarterback and everybody else does everything else, I think that's – I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Wide receiver coach, Wes Welker. He was over in San Francisco for a while, and he came over here with Mike McDaniel as well. On the defensive side of the ball, I just found this out today. Their cornerback coach, passing game specialist, Patrick Sertan. Right, yeah, yeah. Do you remember who the corner was opposite of him? Mm -hmm. Sam Madison. When he played in in Miami. Sam Madison. Sam Madison Madison is on this roster as a defensive assistant coach. They are both back in the fold. I think that is so Miami right now. And the fact that you have those two right there, that like right when I was starting to understand, like like really get into like cornerback play, different techniques and things like that. Those two were at the forefront and I would just love watching Dolphins games. They didn't have all 22 at that time, but I would just love watching Dolphins games and be like, ooh, let me watch this dude press. Let me watch Patrick Sertaning into his break plant drive and stuff like that. I just love to watch the techniques of them, and it's really cool to see them now back on the roster. And and this year they don't play the Broncos, but you know to have a position coach being able to coach yeah. against his son, if he yeah. did with Patrick Tantu, yeah, that that'd be really cool to see. But there's some things to look at on this coaching staff that I like that I just wanted to mention. As far as uh, Corday, you did bring up uh, Jalen Phillips on the defense, yeah. and yeah. I know Jay, me and you. 
coming out mm-hmm. last year, he was our top edge rusher. Yep. And something that I don't think was really discussed enough on many levels at all was how good of a rookie season he had as right. far as a pass rusher goes. The dude had eight and a half sacks as a rookie. Yep. Set the Dolphins' rookie record for sacks. Now, when you think about that, oh, eight and a half. Yeah, cool, cool rookie season. But when you think about the edge rushers and the sack artists that have been rookies on the Dolphins, that includes Jason Taylor, Hall of Famer. Mm. That includes Cameron Wake. He Mm. probably won't get into the Hall of Fame, but he was a dominant pass rusher for years. That includes Lorenzo Bromel. I mean, guys like this, just that he he ended up having a rookie year that exceeded theirs. I'm not saying he's going to go there and do what they did, but just one year in and it being quiet as kept as it was is is pretty impressive. And I just I really think he's going to be able to build on that in this defense in his second season because the talent is there. The talent is is for sure there. They were in our top 10 secondary conversation. Xavier Howard they got Brandon Jones at strong safety, Javon Holland, Byron Jones. I mean, the only area that I think would be able to that I think would be able to have some improvement is Noah Igbenogany, the corner they drafted in 2020 out of Auburn, who was the slot guy. Yeah, he needs to kind of step it up, especially for being a former first round pick when they had several of them. But if we were looking at just this year alone, it's as we've said, two is going to really have to have a integral part in it and take that step forward. I think he takes a small step, but I don't think it necessarily registers on their win total just because of the AFC, just because of the newness of everything in that organization. So I do see nine wins there. I do see them going nine and eight again. I, that is in the table, but I think Tua will have a slightly better season, but nonetheless nine and eight. And just without murderous, the AFC is, they do clear the eight and a half over under but they don't make the playoffs. So just shy of it, just shy of it. So that's really my expectation for the Dolphins in 2022. We are going to take a break right now, come back to the final two teams in the AFC East. You're listening to the Cover Zero podcast on the SSAW Network. The last couple of years have been one for the books, to say the least. It is so exciting to get back to live audiences, whether it is a concert, sporting event, theater, etc. Whatever it is that you are looking for, I've got the perfect place for you. Megaseats.com. I know I'm not the only one who hates going to purchase tickets, seeing the ones you want, hitting that checkout button, and a price pops up and you're like, whose tickets are these? They cannot be mine. Well, with Megaseats.com, the price you see is the price you get. No, really. No hidden fees at checkout. Type in the code SSAW Network in all caps at checkout and also receive a 10% discount. Your next live event is just a click away. Welcome back. We are now going to start off the second half of the show going into the Patriots. 2021, the team went. 10 and 7, finishing second in the division, all to just get absolutely demolished, destroyed, and dragged out to the woodshed by the Bills in the wild card round, losing by 30 in playoffs, 47 to 17. 
They had one pro bowler, which was Mac Jones. And then they had two, or no, two pro bowlers, Mac Jones and Matthew Judon. And then two all pros in 2021 and JC Jackson and Matthew Slater, the consummate special team standout for the Patriots. This year, there's a lot of question marks on the sideline. Of course, Bill Belichick is there. There is no question marks with him at all. There's not, you know what you're getting with him. But as far as the other people on this staff, there's question marks for their roles. Bill Belichick throughout the preseason has done his Bill Belichick thing, which is not giving any sort of insight to what they're doing at all. And, you know, we expect nothing less at this point. And it seems, though, now where we stand that it's Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as offensive assistants and the end. Do you think that losing Josh McDaniels and kind of just going through these shifts in the minor areas as far as the staff goes, will have an impact on this on this Patriots team? Yeah, I think it's going to have a big impact. You know, and a lot of people's not really talking about it. There's some Patriot, Patriot fans, you know, some of them are talking about it, but the media is like they're almost, well, you know, they're going to be fine. You know, they got Matt Patricia. You know, they'll bring it up a lot, though. They'll bring it up, but they'll make it like Josh McDaniels, like just he was almost like he wasn't there. Like there wasn't. Like he, you know, didn't have an effect on Mac Jones's game. I mean, he he made, in my opinion, you know, him really predicating that offense towards Mac Jones and what he was able to do best really made Mac Jones look better than what we thought. Because we we had him, where do we have him ranked, Jordan? We had him ranked like fifth. I had, yeah, like fifth, I think. yeah, fifth. You know, I mean, we we in weren't a QB prospect class, and QB. yeah, just QB, yeah, yeah, right, just in a but prospect. But you're right, class. yeah. You know, and and it just. I don't know, I, but he had a really good effect on him, man. He played really, really well, led to, to help lead the team to ten and seven, you know. And with him being gone, I think, and, and you know what? Let me tell you something. It's not just Josh McDaniels being gone. It's the way what we just talked about with Miami, with Brian Flores. The only thing we didn't agree with with Brian Flores is having two different offensive coordinators. Well, here it is, the same thing here. You know, they haven't figured it out yet. Maybe, maybe it's going to be one offensive coordinator the whole year. Maybe. But I know so far right now in preseason, they got Matt Patricia and they got Joe Judge sharing the play calling duties. And I just think and even in camp and, and we've been I've been here and I'm I don't know if you guys have been hearing the same thing, but it just hasn't really worked out for Mac Jones. He's been struggling. Yeah. So it's not just Josh McDaniels being gone, but it's the the two the two got one of them being a defensive minded guy. I think he's right. been on offense a couple times, you know. Uh, I, I can't remember Matt, what exactly he did on offense, but it was a while back. I think offensive he, line it was offensive line. Okay, yeah. offensive line. So nothing really on the play calling side, you know. Yeah. So that that's that's questionable. And then Joe Judge is to me. I mean, he called some plays over there in in, in New York. You seen how that turned out to be? He wasn't a play caller over there in New England. That was Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So it, to me, honestly, when Josh left, I thought. Bill O'Brien was the guy that they was gonna bring back. If I'm Bill Belichick, I yeah, that's a good. That'd have been a good one. I could. Yeah, I would have did everything I could to bring him in, to bring off. I know they, you know, I don't know if Nick Saban off his pay or or upped his pay and whatnot over there in Bama, but that's something I would have did because you got a rookie, you got a QB coming in off his rookie year, coming into his second year, and I just, you know, you want to make sure that he is is steady improving and having a defensive coordinator and somebody that sucked up in New York, I, I just. Don't think those are the right the, the right decision, but this is this is the greatest head coach of all time. So we'll see how this turned out to be. But yeah, it's definitely gonna play a big uh, factor into how Mac Jones, as far as the 
the you know the team as a whole. You know, I I'm just not too high on this team, man. It's it's one of those deals where they they've lost a, they 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 lost J.C. Jackson, who it didn't really seem like they was really you know really worried about it. They they never really I, the money he was asking for it don't seem like they ever really was going to give him that type of money. Yeah, it's just not the Patriots' way. It's just not their way. They didn't want to, you know. So it just seemed like he was, he was, he was gone from the from the beginning, you know. So they lost him, uh, Nikhil Harry, who never really turned out to be who we thought. We thought. We oh, thought, I thought I never thought much of him. Oh, you did. Okay, well, oh, maybe it was Henry then. I know I liked him a lot. I thought one, maybe it was Henry that liked him, but yeah, he just didn't. You know, he, he's over there in Chicago now. He's gonna look even worse, you know. So and he's hurt. That's, did he get hurt? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, he did, but he's but but he's been in the league now. You talking about re, you talking about with Chicago or oh, just wait. Chicago? No, no he's definitely not. Diff, was that a different receiver that got hurt the other day? They got carted off in camp. I, th- I, I thought it was a few. I thought it was him. That was David guy. Moore. Was the last one that I heard was carted off. Know? Yeah, from okay, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, so they got and then Kyle Van Noy, who wanted to come back there, he's he's gone. I mean, he was okay last year. So they have a couple – obviously their key loss being J.C. J. Jackson, you know, and then you look at the draft. I don't think we – I don't think I ever really care for they for they drafts, man. I think the year before – the year before I was okay. Mac Jones, it was like, okay, you don't think too much of him, but they got him in the teens. I don't know if it was like 14th or it's like, 13th. Yeah, like 15, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, they got a great play caller, great, obviously, head coach. Yeah. Yeah, that goal. Barmore was a solid pickup. But yeah, Barmore, that was a solid. So they, they actually had a solid draft, at least yeah. on paper for me, the year before. But every year, I never, I don't think nobody ever really cares for their draft. But nobody ever really literally cares because they always win. So no, it don't really, they're always, you know, they're always doing their thing, making it into the playoffs. So it don't, you know, it is what it is. But I think, I think now, man, it's really going to come into effect because they don't have Tom Brady there. And they lost a really good play caller on offense. Mm-hmm. And they just you're hearing things that you normally don't hear from a Patriot from the Patriots in offseason in camp about people like, you know, the QB struggling and things like that. But you just don't really don't really hear that, you know. So uh this team is to me it is a little concerning. They went ten and seven last year. I think that that was impressive too, Jordan, because I think we only had them. I want to say I probably only had them maybe winning eight, nine games last year. So. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have them in the playoffs. I know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. So I mean, they they impressed me last year a little bit. So here it is this year, and I'm gonna say this basically. I got to go back and listen to that pod and see exactly why. Yeah, I, I got it too. I'm wondering where I had them right because here it is this year, and I got them at eight wins. I got them at eight wins, man. And I wouldn't be surprised again if Miami end up, you know, with more wins. And they end up with, with, with nine or something like that and then New England at eight. I wouldn't be surprised. Again, it would have to be two, you know, really balling out and it, and it all coming together with the play calling and coaching over there on that team. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because these teams are fairly close. Miami has a better roster, but New England is just – it's New England. You got the greatest head coach of all time. And then he doesn't really – I think their first game – who, who they, they, they play Miami, first game. Bill Belichick's record against, I think, rookie head coaches is pretty good. So yeah, that's true. You know, on so September yeah, eleventh in MIA. Right. So this that's my breakdown with them. I got them with eight and nine, and uh, 
I just think the effects of losing Josh McDaniels is really going to hurt them. If it, if Tom Brady was still there, you know, obviously, well, Josh probably wouldn't even go. No, he probably wouldn't even go nowhere. But say he did leave and you know he went somewhere and whatnot. I don't know. Tom Brady would have the power really to probably bring in, you know, another. I don't know. I'll, I'll see. He really gets along with and really kind of control the, you know, the play calling duties in a sense, you know, what kind of plays he likes and all of that. But it's just, that's not the case. You got a QB that's coming into a second year. And the offense, the, just the whole staff looking shambles. They don't know who's going to be calling the plays. Yeah. I, one of them is a defensive minded guy. Mm-hmm. I ain't with it, man. Eight, nine. Eight, nine. All right. Corday, uh, where's your win total at? Uh, any other highlights you want to bring in in terms of in terms of who they added, their draft? What's your expectation for the Patriots in 2022? I'm right there with Josiah, but I got them winning one less game. I got them seven and ten, man. Uh, I feel like people are giving so much credit to Bill Belichick being a a great coach. My, mind, uh, Matt Patricia was terrible as a head coach. Uh, wasn't that great as a defensive coordinator, and I definitely don't trust him being an offensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Judge was especially is basically a special teams coach who was also masquerading as a wide receiver coach for a season and then got the head coaching job in New York. Um, I don't see this going well at either because, like, you saw how many strides he made with um, with Josh McDaniels last year, and now we got two off. We got two people being offensive coordinators, but we don't believe they're offensive coordinators at all. And I think it's definitely going to set Matt Jones back. And then um, Cole Strange in the draft, Tyquan Thornton, who, who's out with a broken collarbone. I think he's out for like eight weeks. That was the receiver they drafted, and they this team doesn't have a, a good history of drafting wide receivers. As we just mentioned, uh, they traded uh, the guy in the first round who really couldn't do nothing for them anyway. Uh, the loss of J.C. Jackson, who they always just let guys go because they don't want to pay him. And they – Brought in some corners. One was like a special team guy. The other one, another one's like real small. But I don't know, man. I, I got this team really regressing. I had this team really regressing because I just don't believe in, uh, especially the fact that losing talent on the defense, but then also the offensive play calling. Like you had two guys who just got fired who really don't, really don't have that much experience on the offensive side, especially play calling as well for the offense. I think it's definitely going to set this team back. All right, so you come in one less than Jay, so you at seven? I got seven, man. I got seven. Because, like, I, I just look uh, – and then the wide receivers aren't particularly good either. I But I, like, I'm not surprised, John, though. Yeah, no, I'm – look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making sure, like, seven. It's, look, it's not <laughs> yeah. off the table. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is either. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> this, is, this is, like, a super <laughs> arrogant thing to a Bill Belichick, real talk, like, Oh, I got two of my former guys coming in. They they're gonna be offensive coordinators, stuff like that. I'm like, what? Like this, this don't go well. You go from the defensive side to now the offense guy and calling plays. Like, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't even want. Right. Matt Patricia wasn't even good at calling defense. Now we gonna call offense all of a sudden? Nah, bro. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear that. I hear that. I don't. I have them. I have them actually identical to the Dolphins. I got nine wins this year. I, I still have nine wins this year. Bill Belichick just, we all know the capabilities and how he is on being able to keep games close. And that's just something that I still think we're going to be able to see. Mac Jones is going to get the, for I think probably for the rest of however long Bill's career goes, he's going to get the Brady treatment 
and what that is is it's it's how Brady talked about it himself a lot with how the person that he attributes the most to him being the quarterback that he was was how Bill Belichick sat down and talked about the defenses he was playing. And I think that really speaks to where we're at right now and how Belichick is going to have that stamp on 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 Mac Jones. And Belichick would sit with Brady and he would he would describe like okay, in this situation the defense doesn't want you to do this. And if you get this type of coverage that means this. The DB's eyes and the DB's leverage are going to be that. They're going to look at this first, okay? And then knowing how your opponent is playing you allows you to be able to deceive them in a certain way and accentuate your teammates in another way, all simultaneously. Mac Jones isn't obvious. Obviously, he's not going to become Tom Brady and do all that in his second year. But without having an offensive coach, I do think that's going to give Bill more time or Bill's going to take that time to really start to do that with him to at least enough to the tune to where they get nine wins. I don't have them in the playoffs this year. I don't. I only think there's one playoff team in this division in 2022. But I do think we'll start to see some of that with Mac Jones because last year we saw certain games where Bill was like, no, I'm not going to put a lot on this kid's plate. I'm just going to run, 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 run. Everybody, of course, with that remembers that game late in the season against Buffalo where Mac Jones attempted three passes and completed one Mm -hmm. and the bills won the game. Right. I don't necessarily think we're going to see some type of, you know, training wheels put on him to that degree. But I do think we're going to start to see like, you know, there will be games where like, okay, maybe this one, we want to lean on the run a little bit more, but maybe in this one, we can now open it up to the past more. We saw several times where Belichick would adapt each game plan to his opponent specifically with Tom Brady. And I think he's going to start to lean on that just a little bit more, just maybe turn the volume up a little bit more on, on, on that aspect of the game and maybe come out for the first 15, as we know, everyone or people listening don't know. I know you guys do, but people listening offenses in the NFL script, what they call the first 15. They have their play calls that they use to attack defenses. And they, they make those before they go into the game because they have an idea of how they want to see their opponent play against them. And we could see 13 of those first 15 be passes this year with Mac Jones, depending on who it is. And that could tend to work well because there is an improvement to some degree from some of the receivers that we have. I think getting Devontae Parker, he's going to have a better season this year than he did last year playing with Tua. Because there's one thing we started to see last year, and that was Mac Jones as he got more comfortable in certain games for me. The Cleveland game comes to mind. He was my ICU that week. And, I mean, the guy was just taking shots downfield. And, really, that was the game where he really, really, really impressed me. And I think we start to see a little bit more of that unlocked. However, as I've continued to say throughout these division previews, and I'm sure we will all say again, the AFC is a beast this year. And this division, could like there there could be a game. I would not be absolutely shocked and stunned if the Dolphins beat them twice this year. I would not be absolutely shocked and stunned. I do think the Bills beat them twice this year. And that didn't happen last year. So I'm going to go ahead and knock them down just slightly by one. There's speed that has been added to this, to this offense added to this defense with what they're doing, but still 
losing who they did. They didn't address the losses. Terrence Mitchell is a bottom of the barrel starting cornerback level talent in the NFL. <laughs> it hurts me to say that because he's an Oregon Duck, and I'm glad to see my man getting them checks. But damn, bro, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like a top twenty eight starting corner in the NFL, something like that. Not even that, like top forty five. I don't know. Something anyway. Yeah, I got I got nine wins. I don't think they make the playoffs. I do want to see kind of how this defense continues to utilize those hybrid types of safety nickel corners, but there's not a lot of people that are proven to cover on this defense. So that's going to be really the difference in terms of one game to another for me. I think the offense takes a step. They're still built to run the ball very well. I think they will. And I think Mac Jones turns, takes his game to a small, small, small level of improvement. But there's just not enough there on the defense for them to be able to top what they did last year, let alone match it, because I don't see them beating the Bills at all. So give me nine wins. Yeah, I got them getting swept by the Bills also. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would agree. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, that moves us in to the final team that we have to preview on this AFC East preview show. 2021, the Buffalo Bills went 11-6. and obviously finishing first in the division. They had two pro bowlers in Deion Dawkins and Stephon Diggs. They also had two all-pro players, which was their safeties, the best safety tandem in the NFL. Don't really think anybody's disagreeing with that. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, both being all-pros and both playing for Buffalo and Bills Mafia. They ended up, as I mentioned earlier with the Patriots preview, just waxed the Patriots in in the wild card round, despite having losing, as I as also said earlier in the Patriots preview, losing one week to them and then also having a very, very close game when they were playing them in Foxborough. But the, the Bills ended up splitting last year. Lost to the Chiefs in the divisional round in what was arguably the game of the year with Man. 13 seconds. They were up by three. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes basically just freestyling like just right right in front of everybody and, and putting themselves in position to get the field goal, get the coin toss, game over. Travis Kelsey, back to fade against Matt Milano. I mean. And 10 seconds. Getting that win in overtime within like 20 seconds left. Yeah, thir- thir- oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 13 seconds left in regulation. Ga- Gabriel Davis caught a touchdown to go up three mm-hmm. with 13 seconds left. <laughs> the Chiefs got the ball back and forced overtime. Like. Just a, cra- just a crazy game, and as I've said before, we will probably never, ever get a divisional round like we had in 2021. We can all hope. As you look at this coaching staff, with the, with the Bills, there's something that I think is really in big contrast to the Patriots. Patriots have a very, very small coaching staff. The Bills have probably the most dearth of coaches and roles of any team in the entire NFL. And as you look at the staff, Josiah, is there anyone in particular you want to point out and highlight before we start to go into what we expect for this team in this year? Uh, let me let me see. I actually got to let me let me see. Let me see. You said on the coaching staff, somebody they just added, or are we just really anyone in particular? I mean, we all know Sean McDermott. He was in our top ten. He was in our top ten coaches countdown, really close to, if not in the top five, but. There's other people there, and there's a big dirt of guys on the staff. Is there just anyone that kind of jumps out to you? If not, then, you know. Yeah, I, I, I really don't have anybody that really jumps out to me. 
you know, on the staff. They do have a great staff. One thing I didn't know is I, I didn't know that they had so many, like you were saying, as far as the uh, like one of the largest coaching staffs in the league. I, I didn't know that by any, you yeah. Know, by, yeah, I didn't know it. I, yeah, I didn't know that. But um, but no, yeah, no, nobody really steps out to me. Um, oh, well, you know, there, there's one guy. Now I see. I now 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 I got the, the list up. I, I didn't have the. I didn't have my my notes down on that, but one guy here that you know is is shouldn't have been fired last year. You know, this is one of the guys. I don't know if this is one of the guys you're gonna bring up, but Joe Brady. Oh, I, I knew Corday would. Okay, yep, <laughs> yeah, yep, he, yep, yep. You know yeah. it. That was my go-to guy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he that that dude right there, man. It, it, and I was shocked. I was shocked when he got let go in Carolina. I just thought that was a, you know, that 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 really shocked. A lot of us on this show here, and I know we 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 really felt like it was kind of like you know Matt Rule kind of ha- had to do it because they were, you know I don't know he just had to let go of somebody because they weren't really you know the 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 owner and the GM they just wasn't seeing what they wanted to see you know and he had to somebody had to be a fall guy which I just thought was unfortunate because before the season started we thought Joe Brady has a he had the potential to possibly be running for a head coaching gig, you know, going into this year, you know, so people will be interviewing him. That's how much we really thought of him. But I'm, it's good that he bounced back. It's crazy. I didn't even know he came. I didn't even know he was a mm-hmm. coach, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. big time, man. That's big time. So for him to, um, for him to actually, you know, come over and, 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 and really help uh, uh, add more to his, to Josh Allen's uh, arsenal, because he's, he's improved. You know, we've talked about how much Brian Dable has really done to help his game. Now you get Joe Brady to go and to, you know, for him to teach him the stuff that, that he's taught, you know, players at LSU and over there, obviously Carolina, you know, and then his different, and then, you know, he knows how to call plays. So I'm sure he'll be open to really helping, you know, helping the team out as well with that and with the running game. And, you know, it's crazy too, because I, one thing I've noticed now he's more, he's more, He's more of a passing game coordinator, in my opinion. Joe Brady is, but oh, yeah, you know, yeah, he leans past. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely leaning. He's he's more passing than anything. But one thing I I have noticed, I'm not saying he's had that effect or whatever, but I, I just one thing I've noticed is that they're running the ball a little bit more. It's just preseason, but they're yeah, running yeah. the ball a little bit more, you know, that than they normally do, which I I like. I think that's that's really needed. You know, it really would help this team to be a little bit more balanced. I'm okay with Josh Allen taking over and doing his thing. I mean, he's one of the most, you know, not, not just ballers in the league. I mean, he's, a, he's almost like an entertainer on the league. Cause you can see him, you know I mean? He's, he's, he's running players over, you know, he, he's, he's, he's also can, you know, throw some crazy passes as well, you know, and he's got, he's got a big arm. So yeah, man, um, that's a, that's a key ad right there. Joe Brady, that's a really, really key ad. He can add more, to uh josh's game so yeah yeah that that's the one that stands out to me another one corday because i know you you've uh, looked into this staff a lot ken dorsey is the offensive coordinator uh what do you got to say about him and his prospects taking this role on for the first time because he previously had a position that joe brady now occupies on this roster and i know you've mentioned him before what are your expectations how do you think that ken dorsey is will be that much of a noticeable drop off from losing Brian Dable like they did this season? I definitely that I, I think also this is uh Ken Dorsey's first time ever calling plays as well. So I definitely think there will be a transition. 
with uh going from Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey. I think he'll probably he'll probably he'll probably lean on Joe Brady a lot to help him like call plays and help design things to uh make sure it goes. But like how Josiah said, uh, I think they'll they'll try to lean on the running game more and incorporate it more and more and more as a way to not get exposed in the passing game, but then still have Josh Allen be the Josh Allen, Josh Allen, the great Josh Allen, or whatever the uh, <laughs> the Josh Allen we have seen so far. Um, I mean, the man's was great. I just don't want to call him a great Josh Allen because I feel like people be like championing him and crowning him like way too. But I'm, I was like, ah, that's just that's that's just me. That's just me. But the man was amazing in that damn playoff game. Him and Mahomes, whew, the I whole fan. Play, I was like, oh, playoff yeah. games. He was yeah. like he yeah. literally yeah. could not have played better, even though the Bills lost. They should have yep. beat. They should have beat the Chiefs. I paid, what, like, what more does he got to do? No, no. <laughs> like, not what him. more could it's, he it's, do? It's them all pro. It's some all pro safeties that couldn't uh, stop Tyree <laughs> Kill from running past them. But, but who? I mean, did you see how fast that man was going? Like that's why I still okay. We ain't talking about the Chiefs. That's next week. Um, but he played amazing. And then the Chiefs played even better. That's all I gotta say. Um, but Ken Dorsey is definitely gonna be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Josh Allen played perfect. The Chiefs just played better than yeah, yeah. That's all you really can say, really. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely gonna be interesting. I honestly thought like when when they when Brian Dayball took the job and became the head coach, I was actually thinking I was like, maybe y'all should promote Joe Brady to offensive coordinator because he was doing wonders in Carolina and we like you we all said we thought he was gonna be a future head coach. But Ken Dorsey been there for a while, so they had to promote him. I think it's definitely gonna be a lot of uh leaning on the Joe Brady's of the world as Ken Dorsey uh assumes his offensive coordinator position and calls plays. So it's definitely gonna be interesting. Maybe the change we see or the difference we see, like Josiah said, more of a running game. Uh, being incorporated. I like um, James Cook. Uh, uh, and then they still, they're trying to uh, bring uh, Zach Moss and use him. I saw him getting a lot mm-hmm. of goal line touches. I like that. Preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like a big like back. Yeah, he actually looks, he, he's a big back, but it looks like he, he's like in better shape now. Because I remember he was like real bigger like these a few other years. But it looks like he's, he can try to carry the rock. So that's definitely um, interesting. And I want, I definitely want to see how they do it. Definitely want to see how it goes. So but they should run away with this division, though. Shouldn't be close. It should not be close. Yeah, I think all. I think all of us have them there. We'll move to the players that they've lost, players that they've added, Jay, and the draft too. And I'll just kind of phrase it with you like this: Did they lose anyone that's going to hinder them from really, honestly, what their goal is, which is getting over that hump? It dates back to the Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Jim Kelly days. Did they lose anyone that's going to hinder them of that goal that they didn't add to the draft or free agency? I'm not going to say anybody that can really hinder them because I got them going. I got them going to the Super Bowl. This is my Super Bowl pick right here. I thought they would have made it last year. You know, obviously, Corday just, you know, just brought it up that, you know, the Chiefs just played better. That's all it was last year. You know, and then, you know, well, anyway, that's a whole nother story. But, yeah, I, I don't see anybody that they really, really lost like that. Uh, Daryl Williams, somebody who, you know, is still out there, I think I think that, you know, that that's their biggest loss. But I don't think because of the way Josh Allen can move and get away, I don't – and then they 
I'm not sure who they have at, at their starting, you know, who's starting for them right there at that position. So I don't know if you guys have that on, on which position for right tackle. Oh, their right tackle is David Cuisenberry. They got him from the okay. Titans. He was the okay. one that kept coming in every time when they lost Jack Conklin to Cleveland. Yep. Uh, yeah. Ever since then, he took over that job. And yeah. Ball. Okay. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. So, you know, I don't think he's as good as Daryl Williams, but I, I'm, I'm okay with that, you know. And just for the simple fact that Josh Allen, again, like I was saying, that he could really scramble and get away and he could break tackles as well. I think he'll be fine. And, you know, you look at the ads, I think that's what really stands out the most. They did add a guard in, in, in Roger Stafford. You know, they added a Von Miller, you know, uh, uh, still a solid pass rusher. Obviously, he's yeah. not like top three or any, anything like that, but, you know, he's coming off of, he won a Super Bowl not too long ago, so we, you know, this was recent, you know, so he he still can get to the pass rush. You still got a game plan for him, you know, and then you and they got beefier. They got beefier up on, on the on the on the defensive line. They brought back Jordan Phillips, who had his best season, you know, a couple of years ago when he was with them, you know, and then they brought in Tim Settle, who I think is an underrated pickup, you know, and and so I I like what what they've added there. You know, we've talked about the secondary. I just think they need to get healthy back there. That's my only thing there. I wasn't too high on Kira uh, Elam coming out of, uh, I think, was it Florida? Yes, yeah, Florida. But I think really the only injury they had in that secondary was uh, Trey White. Yeah, which is huge, though. It's huge because of what he means to that system. Yes, you're right. Right, right. And then Kira Elam, they have him going against the, uh, the like, you know, he's they, they got him going against he's, – He's getting first team reps, so he's going against Stephon Diggs, which he should. You know what right, I mean? Yeah, you got you got to have this go in. Yeah, you got to you know you know you want to put him. You kind of want to put him in the fire like that, not just because you drafted him, you know, in the first round or anything like that. That's one of the reasons for sure. But then you're going to be you're not going to have your number one corner out there, so he's going to have to play more. Care, care uh, if I'm pronouncing his name, Kyer Kyer Elam. Yeah, if he's if you know, I mean. He's gonna have he's gonna have more PT. He's gonna be playing a lot earlier and more reps and 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 have a lot of PT, you know, this year than he probably expect. Probably more than they expected. Not him necessarily, but the coaching staff. So you want to get him prepared for sure. But is he really, you know, is he ready? So we'll we'll have to see how that goes. But I mean, they have that secondary though. The secondary is really solid, you know. And then uh, you talked about the safety uh, uh, tandem, Jordan, you know, which is. Probably yeah, I don't think it's no question. They have they definitely have the best best safety tandem there. Defensive line is 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 better. They added more to the pass rush. So I I like I like this team, man. I really do. You know they added more to their coaching staff that we brought up. Uh, so yeah, I, I I really do like this team, man. I, I think they're they I think they've done enough to get over the hump, and I don't think they lost anything where it's that significant, where, you know, it's going to hold them back. If they don't make it, then I, it would be the other team would just was just a better team, kind of similar to what it was last year. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to give them – They're over-unders at 11 and a half. I got them at 12, 12 wins this year. 12, and you said your pick, your Super Bowl pick, so obviously coming out of the AFC. Yeah. If you were to sit here in August as we are right now, do they win it? Is this is this is this the year that that we get to see a parade in Buffalo where the fans are slamming each other through tables instead of reporting to work on a Monday morning? I'm gonna say yeah, man. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah because the team. I mean, we're done with the NFC, so normally I make my predictions on Super Bowl picks in in August. 
And since we're done with the NFC, the team that I got coming out of the NFC is, is either Tampa Bay or the Rams. And, you know, I, I think if it's Tampa Bay, I would I would choose Tampa Bay winning. I mean, not Tampa Bay, Buffalo winning that. But if it was the Rams, I would be a little bit, you know what I'm saying? If the Rams get back, I, that, that would be a really, that would be a tough game to, to really, I don't know, it would be tough for me to pick Buffalo to win that one right there. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of football to be played until we get to that that juncture. But yeah, I hear you. Right, for sure. Just just you know, early predictions. Yeah, we see, yeah we're sitting here ain't even week one yet. Right, right, right. You know, but it's just something that I do every you know every year. I like to you know make predictions on Super Bowl. So I got Buffalo coming out the AFC, and then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Tampa Bay. I'm gonna say Tampa Bay come out of the NFC with Buffalo win this year. So yeah, if I had to pick, if I had to pick, yeah, that's that's who I would go with. All right. Uh Corday, same thing to you. Additions, seasonal expectations, how the Bills get there. What are you what are you anticipating for this squad in twenty twenty two? Uh I think definitely the addition of uh Tredavious White coming back is huge. Kasir Elam, uh, another good corner coming back. Uh the addition of uh of Cooks. Uh, definitely helps them out. And this team is like really stacked and really uh, drafted well over the years and surrounded uh, Josh Allen with a bunch of talent. I think Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis will both take huge jumps. Uh, we saw what Gabriel Davis did against the Chiefs uh, was like 189 yards and three touchdowns. Mans was Jerry Rice for a game. Yeah. Yeah. For a game. Um, <laughs> and hope, And hopefully, you know, that man was balling out. Maybe he was T.O. for a game. Yeah, his play say, style more matches T.O. I see that. I, He's I say that. I also He's say that because Stephon Diggs is the number one go-to receiver. And uh, that's that time that uh, Deion Sanders has always said, he was like, you let Terry, like because I remember he was always talking, giving shit to us. Yeah, when he broke the record. Like, yeah, he was like, he was like, you let T.O. catch 21 balls on Jerry Rice Day? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> It was Jerry Rice's final day as a Niner, and Terrell Owens caught 21 balls that day. So, Stephon Diggs really didn't do nothing in that playoff game, but Gabriel Davis went off, and Isaiah McKenzie was is another that's great. That's actually a perfect comp, bro. Yeah. And so, that's why I like that. And Isaiah McKenzie is amazing. Uh, the only loss uh, was uh, Cole Beasley, but Isaiah, uh, Isaiah McKenzie definitely is stepping up. And I feel like we'll do much better. I think that's honestly why they didn't resign him, plus – that man's weird take on vaccines and COVID didn't help because he got it. And so yeah, um, I, um, I got this. I got this team. Uh, twelve. I got them going twelve wins as well. They they should be super dope. The only thing that might hold them back is the play calling style of Ken Dorsey. Uh, but I feel like uh, uh, the quarterback coach will definitely step in and, and be or will help and maybe have some more balance in his system. Yeah, yeah the team is definitely good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then what mm-hmm. Josiah said, if he has the Bills playing the Rams in the Super Bowl, I would take the Bills in that scenario because I would trust Josh Allen more than I trust Stafford. Even though he wanted the Super Bowl, I just, you know, sometimes Stafford be just, you know, throwing it to the other team. Sometimes, you know, he's, they call him a double agent. You know, sometimes players are double agents. For me, yeah, this is, I think there's no way, at least at this point in the season, that you can not have the Bills getting there because I mean this is it man this is it as far as if we were to talk about GM to coach 
to the entire staff mm-hmm. on all these connective pieces being there. You got Joe Brady, you got Ken Dorsey, and one of the other coaching staff pieces that I think is really pivotal and will be pivotal to their success this year is who they have as a senior offensive assistant. And that's Mike Shula. You have a guy with his pedigree, his experience, that you can just use to put out numerous fires wherever you want to. That's so valuable. And I, I just I just think that's that's going to be just such a big add. And from the top down for so long, this whole entire team has been playing the way that the NFL has as as a whole has arrived at. If I've I've talked about it a lot and we heard about it last year throughout a lot of different specs and we saw it in the NFL through last year. If you watch tape, if you paid attention to the level that three of us do and everybody on this show does, it's from the offensive side of the ball, mobile quarterback, a quarterback that can be a part of the run, flooding the field with path catch, pass catchers and using the run to complement the pass. A lot of football previously before, you know, the passing boom was the pass complements the run, but now you use the run to complement the pass, especially because of the passing league and the way the rules are just skewed to the offense. The other part of that is from a defensive perspective. Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott have been playing this way for a while. Two high structures, odd fronts, inviting the run, investing in the back end in your secondary, investing in the pass rushers, and finding linebackers off the scrap heap or just in in odd areas where you can. That's how they have constructed themselves for years. And this is where we see so much of the NFL in 2022 trying to get to. And then on top of all that, having an X-man being your quarterback, like all of this helps. Having a number one receiver, having other weapons that can be able to work off of him, all these things are present on this Bills team this year. Then on the defense, once they do get Trey White back, you have a true, legit corner who at his peak, at his prime, was a surefire all-pro. Kyer Elam, I actually, I, he, was, he was my fifth corner prospect coming out this year. I didn't have a first round. I had like, like where they took him, I did have that type of grade on him, but there was still a corner on the board that I would have, I, I wanted Trent McDuffie over him, you know, so yeah, that, that, that was a guy that I know both you and me liked over him. But this, if you, if Kyrie Elam with his physical stature playing in this type of defense that he's in, that's, I, I do think the role that they're asking of him will work. And just based on where he's at, this should work. And to Ron Johnson, I will continue to, beat the drum for slot corners that make differences like Teron Johnson make makes differences for this defense. I mean, that dude, he is a linebacker on one play. He is an edge rusher on another, and then he's a corner or a safety on another. Just this, the type of value that is placed on nickels, especially considering that nickel is the new base. That's that, that just can't be harped home enough. I have this team winning 12 as well. I have this team going to the Super Bowl, and I think everything is in place right now. I just, um, the only thing that could really derail them is, to me, it would be injuries. I think maybe maybe they don't hit 12. They for sure, for sure, for sure are a, a playoff team on it. I mean, I bet my new Palisade on it that they're going to they're gonna get to the playoffs. Yeah, and they'll win the division. 
and they'll win the division. I got them winning the division for sure. You know, and injuries, significant injuries would be the only thing that would derail that. And I would just, I would just hate to see it. I would just hate to see it. Even if like, oh, you're a Raider fan. And in the first round, the Raiders reached the wild card as the, you know, the, the seventh team to make the AFC playoffs. And they play the Bills in the first, you know, or that's the, however it works. And Josh Allen, Josh Allen's hurt. I, I would hate to see it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to win that way. No one wants to see football played that way. No one wants to see a team that has this roster, that has this staff, that has this pedigree, that has this possibility to be able to lose that way. The, the way that this city even itself appreciates this team and how Bill's Mafia is, that type of a fan base through thick and thin, through all the things in the years of Jim Kelly, losing and losing and losing, four Super Bowl trips during the, the 90s and the eras when I was growing up watching football and just losing over and over again. You know, I think this is the time where they are the most primed to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. And if I had to make a pick in August, yeah, they're my pick. They would be. So I got them at 12. Uh, and if I had to make a pick right now, they would win the Super Bowl because everything is in place for them to do so. And I think a lot of teams know that. And I think they're built to be able to overcome that. So yeah, that's that's my stance on the Bills this year. As we sit here in in August, there's a lot of football to be played until we get to that point. But yeah, I just I'm so excited that we have one more division to preview, one in which features Jay and I squad that's mm. silver and black, the best division in football. Corday's uh, profile picture for at least a week last year, mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, you remember that, right, Corday? You remember that. Was that was that picture your profile picture for ninety percent of the, no ninety percent that was Derek Carr's completion percentage against your yeah oh, right bad. right oh, that was a good one I forget couldn't be me I couldn't be on that type of time couldn't be on that type of time not in a thousand years bro not in a thousand years hey you hey money come and go money come and go people you know. Hey, I tell you one thing, people. You, 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 when you lose money, you bet again or whatever it is. You know, you go from there. When you lose and you got to put a profile pick up or you got to look, you know, something crazy, that'll never go away. You know, we we gonna be talking about this for a little minute, man. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'll, I'll honestly, I'll bet. Obviously, I'll bet either. So that's funny. We got just the three of us on like each side of of that in terms of football bets. That's cool. That's cool. We will catch y'all again next week to preview the, as we have said, AFC West. And then after that, we are on to our week one preview. In the comments, please leave games that you want us to preview. Everybody knows we're going to go ahead and tackle that week one matchup that's going to kick things off on September 8th between no other than the Bills and the Rams. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for the season. Can't wait for us to keep going here on the Cover Zero Podcast. Appreciate y'all listening.